Where am I? Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. It's an exciting time to be an animation fan. Two of my favourite shows are just showering us with the goods and I couldn't be more thrilled because it's felt like a desert the last couple of months. I mean, there's some good stuff on Crunchyroll, but it's not quite the same. I have been missing Ruby and Halliver so much and now they're here. (laughs) Or rather, we've got updates. So first things first, Ruby. So the ninth volume is going to be dropping next Saturday. Hey! I mean, I rather stupidly, I now realise, assumed that when they fell off the world at the end of volume eight, that they had met their maker. But nope, they've only found themselves in an entirely new fairy tale world, which if anybody's seen, well, of course you've seen Disney's Alice in Wonderland, they will recognise it. And this seems to have been quite controversial. And I don't know why, because the show has always freely borrowed from, well, The Wizard of Oz and pretty much every fairy tale, myth, legend, etc. you can possibly think of. I mean, I don't know whether they just think it's too Disney, but again, it's borrowed from Disney before. I mean, doesn't all animation to a certain extent American animation but there you go I, I just think people just want an excuse to whinge because you know what they're like the whole oh it's not what Monty would have wanted when in fact Monty mapped out the story and he seems to have been really looking forward to doing this particular installment so we'll have to wait and see so it opens with a croaky ruby yeah that's what I was going for in my intro I'm wondering where she is and Yang gazing around and saying that they seem to be in a fairy tale, Weiss trying to be her uber logical self, despite the evidence <laughs> that they are indeed exactly where she says, because as they point out, Ruby has befriended a mouse. She and Blake recently got kidnapped by mice and wrapped up Alla Gulliver. And Yang had her arm stolen by a raccoon. So, yeah, you know, normal everyday stuff that happens to you on the way to the shops. And if you hadn't already got the message, there is also a Cheshire cat who leaves his butt behind. Although I'm not quite sure what the um, fantasy universe equivalent of the Cheshire cat would be called. So (laughs) there you go. So they want to get to the tree so they can go home. But the Cheshire cat tells them, nope, nope, no can do. Only he can do that. There's also a promising looking blacksmith who could potentially be a villain. And speaking of villains, we also see our beloved Salem and Neo. And we've also got Ruby feeling guilt about Penny. And because, as you know, she died in the last volume for the second time, but it never gets any easier. I love that perky little robot and they could kill her over and over. I've got to hope not. But that is the kind of thing that the show would do, I guess. It just seems to love traumatizing us all. So we see the girls kicking ass. We see them being introspective and wondering what what they're doing, who they are, what's going on, etc. We don't really see much of the other world. So I don't know if this is all going to be based in Wonderland or if we're going to get the occasional glimpse of what's going on back in Remnant. Because as you'll remember, 
It had been left in complete disarray by General Ironwood's tyranny. So we don't know how... What are they even calling themselves now? Um, Jean, Ren, Nora and Oscar affairing. I'm sure that there is an abbreviation for that, but I really can't remember what it is. And I want to know how Crow is. Um, I mean, after all, he never got to avenge Clover's death. So what is he doing now? Just everything. There are just so many plot trails that need to be picked up. And of course, Bumblebee, where are they going with that? Will they finally declare their feelings for each other and kiss? I mean, I personally think that they have been together all of this time, but they've just been wary of, well, frightening the horses, I guess, even though they made it pretty damn obvious with all the parallels between them and Nora and Ren. But you know what people are like. The instant two women show even a little bit of affection towards each other if they're not doing the whole oh they're gal pals and they're like oh get this filth off our screens so it's all very promising very exciting and there's only 10 episodes which i can't help wondering about i mean was that all they could stretch to i mean is it the controversies that they've been having lately what with some very questionable practices and treatment of staff and um, Josh Grell is no longer playing Tyrion because they felt like they couldn't continue after certain revelations. I mean it did make me wonder whether I should be watching the show um, all considered but I thought I wanted to continue supporting the actors and Monty's memory and to see this story finished and it's not the only Ruby project on the horizon because in April there's going to be a crossover with DC with the Justice League and um, a trailer for that has been released too so you see the Justice League as teenagers not for the first time I'm sure and um, they for whatever reason have found themselves in Remnant and um, yeah a young Superman says that they're not in Kansas anymore and the first thing he sees is Ruby spinning around with her scythe and chopping up Grimm and yeah we see our teen versions of our beloved characters wandering around and getting in on the Ruby fun and um <laughs> The girls are sort of snarking about what kind of a name for a superhero is Batman or indeed Superman. And I really like the way it looks. It looks fun. It looks entertaining. It looks like it's keeping in the spirit of DC and Ruby. I mean, of course, you're going to get haters saying that they don't like the animation or they don't like Ruby or just any of that. But they can just go away because... I am personally really excited about this because I haven't really watched any DC project checks in a very long time because you just get to a point where there just seems to be far too many of them where there have been like 14 odd films and you just can't keep track of who everybody is. So this feels like a fun diversion. I mean, I'm not normally a fan of crossover events, but if it just presses a reset button on DC, so it throws out the chronology that I've got no idea 
about anymore and then just has them hanging out and having bants with the Ruby team and um, making friends and possibly making it so there can be maybe a comics line, then then that would be awesome. And it says part one as well, so I can only assume that there's more in the pipeline. I mean, I haven't read the Ruby comics yet. I really need to because I've been told that they offer all sorts of interesting insights into backstories, the history of Remnant, everything like that, because I'm going to make a confession now. Being the... Um, <laughs> Being the awkward person that I am, I didn't really watch all of the history stroke background episodes of Remnant because I've always been against the Tolkien idea of fantasy that you've got to have an everything but the kitchen sink approach. I don't like that. I don't feel that it's helpful and I just think it slows down the story. I think that fantasy should just establish what needs to be there for the story and anything else is just irrelevant. It should only come up when it's important for the story. So I admit I skipped that. But if they can find a way of putting that into the story, into the comics, whether it's, I don't know, the history of Remnant, more about Salem, one of Ozma's many lives than that would be great. And I, I do think there is a lot of potential. And it will hopefully get fans into the Ruby universe. So all of this is just terrific. Can't wait to see it. And I'm going to be watching everyone with bated breath. And I'm definitely going to do a review of um, Volume 10 once it's finished. So... <laughs> Expect that sometime soon. Uh. Right, um, let's see. Note the horny owl that seems to love hooting while I'm podcasting seems to have gone away, which, of course, is a nice segue to Hell of a Boss. So, at the beginning of the year, Vivsi dropped some gifts of upcoming episodes and this all seems to come from episode three and it appears to be a flashback episode that shows us how Moxie and Millie met. So our first one showed what looks like a mob boss in an armchair. They appear to be an imp and this all seems to point towards the idea of Moxie's dad, the Mox father, <laughs> being a gangster. Because we know there's some kind of war going on with shark demons. And um, and Moxie did mention in the pilot that he dreamt about his parents being murdered. So I don't know whether this is an existing fear or whether he was recalling something that had actually happened. And certainly in, um, I think it's Murder Family, he also comments upon shitty mobster dad so again they don't put these things in for no reason there will be explanation for that I'm sure and then there's another one this has excited all kinds of comments of um of a shark demon who has since been identified as Chaz holding up some cards outside the door for Moxie 
like he's in love actually, with the very last saying, will you bone with me? So yep, Moxie confirmed to be bi with a boyfriend before he met Millie. So <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do about that. I, they're going to have kittens, I'm sure. They're probably going to go, are there no straight people in this show? Nope. <laughs> and um, possibly the most interesting revelation for me was finding out that Blitz had done time because in the third gif, he's in a jumpsuit on top of a bunk in a prison cell. And even more intriguingly, you've got what looks very much like Moxie's tail flipping around in the bunk below. So it looks like they were prison cellmates and that's how they met, which of course made everybody wonder, did they hook up in prison or did they just simply help each other to escape? And that's why Imp came into being. And last but not least, you've got Millie looking at what appears to be Moxie and the shark guy and flipping out, getting more furious than we've ever seen her. So this, of course, just made everybody go into meltdown and speculation, just coming up with all sorts of scenarios, wondering how Moxie and Millie met, whether Blitz possibly knew Millie beforehand and she helps them escape and that's how her and Moxie fell in love because they really do seem to have had a whirlwind romance since they've only been together a year as of Aussies. So that is all just, ooh, because we were wondering, could this possibly drop on Valentine's Day? Because famously, the O'Malley song was um, released on Valentine's Day and there was this idea that seeing as that's already been established as a precedent and um, this seems to be about their relationship, maybe that would be the case. But it, it doesn't seem so because um, Vivsi made an announcement a couple of days ago where she was explaining that they didn't tend to give out release dates unless they were 100% sure that they could make them. So it doesn't look like it's going to be coming out just yet. But there are various episodes are very near completion and we should be getting soon so so it could possibly be that after this hiatus that we're going to get episodes with shorter waiter times in between i mean i personally think they can take all the time in the world i want them to be a good finished product i want the show to get the animation and development and everything that it deserves because it's only been getting better with each episode and we want to maintain this i mean especially since there's been all these leaks and other crap and unpleasantness surrounding has been and so on we want the show to do the best that it possibly can, to be the best it can be. Because I really firmly believe that Helliver is a masterpiece in terms of its queer rep and its characterization, storytelling, animation, you name it. It is wonderful and I just want it to be the best. Um, as well as that, there is the Las Vegas event from the 17th to the 19th of February, I believe. So um, fans are going to be able to go to, to that, um, meet the cast, have their merch signed. I am so jealous. This is one of the worst things about living in the UK because there's also going to be a merch drop on the 13th, 
just in time to Valentine's Day because people believe that there wasn't likely to be one because of so much else going on. But nope, it's happening. It's going to be there. And we've already seen some glimpses of what it could be, including one of Blitz and Stolas where he looks like he's butt naked. And that got hastily deleted when somebody pointed that out. And also a an odd little toy that looks like Stolas, only with rather more eyes than usual. I don't know, addressed to Blitzy. So, and just all these lovely images of the characters, either individually or with their other halves. Like lots of cute Moxie and Millie, and quite a bit of Chaggy too, which is something I'm really pleased about because you still get people saying that they think. Chaggy is forced, despite them, of course, having been a couple since the pilot, or that they feel that they've Charlie's got more chemistry with Alistair or some other character, and it's like, nope, the girls are in love, it's not going away. And I, I just as as a lesbian in a relationship with a bylass, this rep means a lot to me. It's important. So I know I personally can't buy this merch and I can't go to Las Vegas, but it's still wonderful knowing that this little indie show means so much to people and that they're just going all out. The cast, the crew, the creators, everybody, just meeting them and making this happen. It is the little show that could and despite all the nonsense that they get from haters online and people trying to spoil things, it has not dented it one bit. And I, I, I just am just so excited about the coming episodes, what it'll mean for various things about Stolitz, about um, Moxie and Millie, because I, I feel that they have been put on the back burner slightly. And I love them. I mean, I do love Stolitz, don't get me wrong. They are my favourite thing about the show. But Moxie and Millie are important too, particularly Millie. And I want to know more about her. I want to know what makes her tick. Because I've always worried that the reason why that she's had less development is that they're planning to kill her off at some point. And I don't want them to do that because they have avoided cliches all this time. So I would hate it if she became yet another woman in refrigerators, you know, like the Gail Simone um, trope of how they always kill female love interests off in order to further a, a man's character. And I don't want that to happen to Millie. I think she deserves better. We're already learning more about Luna, thanks to Seeing Stars. Now it's Millie's turn. So we want to know who she was before she met Moxie, who she is apart from Moxie, and just who they are before they met Blitz. Because I do sometimes think, is he what's, what is holding them together? Would their relationship collapse without him? Which, of course, is not something that I want to see. Because, okay, I know that they're like the second couple in the series. But I do think that one of its selling points is that unlike every other sitcom couple who are each other's throats and you think, why the hell are they still married? These two are genuinely in love. They have their issues, to be sure, but they work through them and they belong together. And they're, rare, they're a rare example of um, bi 
married rep as well. We need that. So it is all just overwhelming, really. <laughs> so everybody that's going to Vegas, or everybody that's buying the merch, have a wonderful time. And um, I'm looking forward to the shows and I'm looking forward to Ruby. So until next time, love you guys. Bye. Of all the imps in hell, it's for her that I fell. Oh, Millie. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at Tentacles Not on Twitter. And on Facebook, our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.